Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Millennial Divide, a podcast about navigating the millennial decade. We are three friends, no sisters oh, tonight. No, no sisters at all. <laughs> I'm the last survivor. <laughs> Booking in the generation. I'm Ellen and at 33, I'm in the middle of the millennial decade. Mm-hmm. I am Claire, another friend, and I am 33. So I guess, yeah, I'm in the middle too. I'm Selena, not a sister either, no. and I'm 36. Got it right this week. <laughs> Nailed it. Still we a millennial. Before we started recording <laughs> how know. old we all were. I just mainlined a coffee as well, like on the way, just like a boss, and then had to remember my age. So cool. <laughs> Excellent. One of those nights. One of those nights. <laughs> and we have lots to talk about tonight. One of the big things is the Oscars with lots of highs and interesting things that have happened there and lots of fantastic uh, I'd say costumes because there was a bit of dressing mm. up happening. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We're also going to be talking about white privilege with Cell, the Kardashians' mm. latest drama. Mm. Dun, drama. Dun, dun. So much drama. <laughs> uh, some real-life drama with Cardinal George Pell with his recent conviction for child sex abuse charges. Um, Cell also has a recommendation this week, which is a very interesting one. It's a little bit left of centre. I haven't heard of it. I'm really excited yeah. to know what it oh, is. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. I love it. <laughs> I love a cell recommendation. I know. It's so good. It's certainly it's better than a mantra. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my mantra's going to be awesome. Yeah, and Claire's got the mantra. Cool, yeah. Just jumped in early, but excellent. Yeah. So, and I'm going to be anchoring today, so please bear with me. My sisters normally do it and I have to step up today. So You're going to be awesome. Thanks. So, let's get started. The Oscars, Claire. Oh, juicy, juicy. Oh, so much to talk so about. So good. Oh, my goodness. I feel like these ones were, like, the best yet. I don't know. Mm, really? Do you think that was because there was no host? Yeah, and also just because of the whole Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. There's a lot to unpack. Now, see, I have thoughts on Cooper and Gaga. Mm, I do too, so many feelings. And to help us out, we have a very good friend of Amy who is away at the moment looking after a little baby. We want to introduce you to Rio Ryan. Hello, Rio. Hello there, ladies. Hello. You are unashamedly a lover of movies and all things Hollywood and a long-term member of the Sunshine Theatre and avid movie bar. Oh, I just need to make a correction. It's the Sun Theatre in Yarraville. Oh, sorry. Oh, You're right. Not the fancy. Very <laughs> different to the Sunshine, Sunshine Theatre. <laughs> I used to work in Sunshine, so represent West Side. <laughs> okay. Sun Theatre is beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. Now, is it the Sun yeah. Theatre that they used to, that, that, that bit of Strictly Ballroom was filmed on the roof of, or is that somewhere else in Yarraville? I feel like that could have been somewhere else, but okay. I'm ready to be corrected. Yeah. Never mind. Correct. Fun fact, I've been on the screen. 
at, oh. sun, at the Sun Theatre. Ooh, I know, dressed as an old lady with a wig. Because <laughs> my friend Marty decided, this is so random, my friend Marty decided to create a horror movie out at this old mansion that his family owns for the weekend and just invited like 20 of us there. And I was breastfeeding at the time so I could only be in it for a little bit. But, yeah, and then he screamed it there. Oh, yes. Amazing. Next Super stop for star. you, the Oscars. Yes. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> so hilarious, Sal. I can't believe you're hanging this, Sal. I know, zippy as. Cool. Okay, so Rio, I have so many questions. Please go ahead. I'll love do my you to very best. Okay, let's start. Who were the big winners and the losers? So thankfully you ladies already touched on what I think was one of the winners and that was the hostless Oscar. I think it was an absolute ripper. Yeah, you liked it. It was smooth. Mm. It was slick. It had the three comedians at the start, females noted. Shouldn't they just have hosted it though? No. No, there was too much kerfuffle with the host. Like that Kevin Hart, I'm in, I'm not in, I'm leaving it. And then there was just drama all round. We're pulling out certain awards. We're putting them back in. So let's just... Cut it. Look, I think they've just taken a leaf from the other, you know, the The other. Logies? Yes. But they do, um, you know, no host either. Mm. I reckon it's the way to go. Yeah, I think so too. So that for me was a winner. Let me refer to my notes, which I so diligently (laughs) took today. I'm so impressed. Um, Another winner was Ruth E. Carter, who I thought was fabulous. She won for costume for Black Panther. (gasps) So Black Panther slayed in the below the line categories and she was the second woman of colour given that we're going to be touching on privilege later, um, who won an Academy Award that wasn't an actress. So Mm -hmm. I think that was awesome. Another one was the free solo feature-length documentary. Which Dimity cannot stop talking about. Mm -hmm. Her and her boyfriend, it's climbing movies are kind of Mm -hmm. the only movies they both like. Yeah. So they know all the climbers. Well, I hope like, they saw like, it at Oh, IMAX. that's Jimmy. And, yeah, they did see it at IMAX. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And an unexpected win as yeah. well because I think mm. everyone thought RGB, the documentary, was going to mm. get up uh, but didn't. So that was always refreshing to yeah. see. Um, and then Shallows, yes. oh, my word, I am there for it yes. every single moment. <laughs> so you're talking about Lady Gaga and Cooper oh on a God. stage yes. from the Star is yes. Born. See, oh. I have thoughts about this and I did text Amy at the time. She agrees with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all mm-hmm. a show. Totally. But I just like, couldn't show. even get into it because I'm like, oh. like it was so obviously an act. Like, yes, which is why like, I'm surprised that everybody is like, oh, my God, Bradley Cooper's partner was in the front line. Yeah, yeah. What? How did she cope with watching him? Yeah. Oh my he God. I know. And it's just like, and it's surely like, their chemistry is so undeniable. It's like they're actors. actors. This is what they're paid to do. This is their job. And, and also, like, everyone pe- went nuts. And it's like this is like Innes and Sam yeah. from Married at First Sight all over again. But people weren't wanting to watch Bradley Cooper stand up on stage singing. They wanted to see Jackson Maine yes. singing. Mm. To Ali. To Ali. And that's exactly what yeah. happened. I don't so know if you saw it. I don't understand. Like, oh. yeah, yeah. I don't understand he why people shaggy shaggy hair yeah. too. How did you feel, though, that it didn't win Best Picture? Uh, well, yeah. I was devastated <laughs> because I thought it should have won from the title card alone. I don't know whether you guys have seen that. It is exquisite. Uh, so I was like, okay, sign me up, whatever I can do. But yeah. just on The Shallows' performance, Go back and watch it again. But with this, like the camera goes behind them and looks at the audience. It's yeah, beautiful. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm. There so, was, yeah, I was devastated. There and was green. some apparent controversy in the best picture, which mm. was Green Book. Mm. And some newspapers, I'd say the age, were saying that maybe it was chosen because it was the least divisive picture nominated while still exploring diversity. Mm. You know, there was a black man and a white man. 
and, you know, that Roma actually should have won and it didn't because mm. of Netflix. What do you think? Have I, you seen Roma? I have is and I good? watched it on Netflix and it is a beautiful film that should be on the big screen. Yeah. Like it got a really limited release in mm. the US which made it eligible for the Academy Awards oh, um, and okay. it was shown in IMAX over there. Mm. Sorry to keep harping on but <laughs> it's the best screen presentation you're ever going to get and a film like that deserves to be seen on a very, very large screen, not on an iPad or an iPhone yeah. or a TV. And that's what a lot of the Academy members have been saying. Yeah. Mm. And I think Green Book was safe as a film. Mm. It's fine. Mm. Like without getting too deep into the controversy that's surrounding it, it's a fine film. Mm. I saw with a 64-year-old and he weeped at the end. So he thought it was beautiful yeah. and a wonderful message, but he's also of that generation. Mm. I, fine, that's mm. the word mm. that I keep coming back yeah. to. And because Which is the, not what you really want. You don't want picture. your best picture. And the voting system is so, so nuanced. Mm. Like it's whatever's in the middle ultimately comes out winning because first takes out last and last takes, it? yeah. yeah. Mm. So I kind of think that's how Green Book ended up mm. there. Mm. So, yay, Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's pro- obviously we're going to talk about this later, aren't we, Sal? Yeah, no, let's go for it. Mm. I think uh, the optics this could be the, the end. This could be mm. the white privilege episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just going to say because the director was Peter Farrelly yes. and his produ- his white production team, yes. it just was so awkward when you see yeah. them all standing there mm. in a film that's supposed to be about, you know, celebrating African-American culture and diversity. Yeah. Um, and I really love the fact that Spike Lee, who um, directed <laughs> Black Klansman, which yeah. I think is a much better film, yeah. decided to get up and try and leave because yes. <laughs> he was oh. so annoyed that that, yeah. that um, uh, the Green Book won and he really thought that the Academy made the wrong decision. Yeah. Because a lot of people have said as well that Green Book is a story written from the white man's perspective yep. and, you know, it's just kind of like another example of just like a piece of history that's just from the perspective mm-hmm. of like white, white people. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just sort of, but yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't seen that. <laughs> well, you're spot on. That's what happened, and they didn't even speak to Dr. Shirley, who's the black man in the film. His family about saying this oh, film really? is going to happen. Um, so that's really mm. kind of a bitter taste yeah. in the mouth as well. And there's yeah. a there's a documentary that's been released as well about um, the Green Book mm. that was sort of released at the same time. I think sort of coincidentally, mm. um, and apparently that's a, that's a much better one. So if, you, yeah. if you're interested in the history of it, look that up. Okay, I want to ask you too, um, Rio particularly, what did you think of Olivia Coleman's Best Actress win? I had Monday off. That's how committed I am to the Oscars. I love that so much. And when she won, I gasped to myself in my living room, in my active wear. I was like, because Glenn Close was dressed as an Oscar, for goodness sake. As Emma Stone was last year and she won. Mm -hmm. And for La La Land she was dressed as an Oscar and she got it. And same thing with Glenn Close. And I didn't love Olivia Colman's dress, but my goodness, what a speech. She was all of us. That would have been me on the stage. It's me right now. She made a raspberry. She was like (laughs) at one point and I just thought I could not adore you more. (laughs) And then you saw Emma Stone who just gave her an ongoing standing ovation, kissed her at the same time as her husband kissed her on the cheek. She was just so excited. I know. And I didn't realise because I was like, who is this woman? I've never seen her before. But I realised that she was in The Night Manager. Mm -hmm. If anyone's Mm -hmm. watched that, it's brilliant. So good. She's in Broadchurch. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've seen Broadchurch. Oh, Oh, and you know the cracker. She's the new queen I, in the crown. I know, and she looks like a slightly older Claire Foy, mm-hmm. so I'm so excited about her role as mm-hmm. the new queen as well. I just can't wait for that next season yeah. to come out. Because she, she was a comedic actress oh. and then to sort of spin out into The Favourite. Have yeah. you seen The Favourite? Yes, it's no, bonkers. I've heard it's amazing. Oh, isn't it bonkers? It it's is. bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. 
Do you think? No. (laughs) Look, I picked my um, audience guest incorrectly. Um, he did not like it right from the start. So when you feel that person next to you, oh, God, Rhea, this yeah. is so It's oh a God, costume oh drama God. about female relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've yeah. heard they drop the C-bomb yeah, a lot and, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's quite It's a black, black comedy yeah. and there were some bits in there where I was like proper giggling but it would be for a certain kind of yeah. audience. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I don't know. I took my husband he loved it and he mm. watches a lot of film. I guess mm. he's a film buff but I just thought Rachel Weisz's character as like yes. a really strong lesbian with a, like a rifle. Mm. Was hilarious. <laughs> I just thought Emma Stone was funny too, and mm. it was so great to see three f- strong female mm-hmm. leads. And the main just like sort of through line of the whole movie wasn't even about the men in it. They were no. like really superfluous. Mm. Like this one awkward moment where Emma Stone, the guy wants like that she finally wins over to marry her so that she can be wealthy, mm. and she's sitting in the room and plotting her next move. <laughs> and then instead of like having sex with him, she just masturbates him off. Yes. She's like, oh yeah, and then she's just masturbating him <laughs> yeah. while she's plotting her next move. And he's so superfluous, even though he's super handsome. Do I know his boyfriend? Oh really? Because mm. he was super hot, mm. and she like once she wins him over and marries him, she doesn't yeah, even she's care. Dumb. Then she just gets drunk. <laughs> yeah, and parties, yeah. and it's like debaucherous, and it is awful in spots. Like it's mm. super dark. Yeah, but Olivia Coleman's performance was just so different to her as a person. I know she just seems gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, divine. Yeah, yeah, really. I'm glad she won. Yeah. Okay. We excellent. all were. Mm. I think that the entire world <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, well, correct. Glenn Close wasn't. Except for <laughs> No, true. Okay, excellent. Well, overall, into it, not into it. So into it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I get into it every year. Like it's yeah. still, you I'm know. not a sit down and watch the three hours of it, but I've, I've watched stuff on YouTube. So, yeah. Yeah. Interested to a part. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you, Rio. Thanks so much for having me. What fun. Thanks for coming oh, on. You're brilliant. We'll have you same time next year. Yes, please next do. Next rundown. <laughs> please do. I'll make better notes. <laughs> no, <laughs> brilliant. Thank you. Good. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, so our next segment is white privilege and sell. This was your one. Mm, and now I feel like we've led it up to be like it's going to be heavier than it actually is <laughs> um, because this is my segment, so it's not going to be particularly heavy um, or involve a lot of research. But I've been thinking about this for a while actually um, because we I work in, a, in like a really big office with 500 people or something. It's, it's a super diverse office, um, you know, with age, gender, ethnicity, like just everything. You know, we've got prayer rooms, we've got the whole works, which is great. Um, but we've got cleaners who come through a couple of times every day mm. and they're the same ones, so, you know, always they're the same people and all the rest of it. But there's something about it that now I'm just starting to get more and more uncomfortable about the fact that our cleaning staff are often people of colour mm. and, you know, and, and I think the last time I've got small kids so I often go on pl- holidays to places like Bali and Thailand because it's close, it's cheap, it's easy, it's kid-friendly, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the last time I went to Bali I was just like, 
this is just making me really uncomfortable. Just that the thought of just like that I'm white mm-hmm. and that I'm in a place where people of colour are just kind of serving me because, I mean, because that's their jobs and, you know, all the rest of it. And you just feel really conflicted because it's like, okay, this is, you know, these are people who are doing legitimate jobs, mm-hmm. you know, earning a, an honest living, a, you know, a decent wage and all the rest of it. Well, I don't know if it's a decent wage, earning a wage. Um, and then... So I was sort of thinking about all this stuff and then I also last week went to get my nails done. I was going to a wedding. I only had like lunchtime to do it. So I went to one of those nail salons where everyone working there is, you know, from another country. And it just started to make me – and I was just feeling really uncomfortable about it. And it's like how do you reconcile that? Because – and I was talking to – I guess there's a a couple of things to it. Obviously – I am just friendly to everyone and I will treat everyone the same. And I I probably make a bit of a special effort to say, like, hi, how are you going to, like, for example, the people who are cleaning the office. Um, but, I mean, I sort of say that to everyone at work, so it's not really any different. But I'm like, oh, God, am I being condescending by, you know, like, and I start to overthink it. And it's like, yeah. I mean, ultimately I'm just being nice to everyone regardless of, you know, whatever. But it just makes me really uncomfortable. And so I spoke to my sister tonight. Um, so I am you know, like I'm white, (laughs) essentially. I'm also half Sri Lankan. I just don't look it at all, but my sister does. So she's got the olive skin and all the rest of it. And I was sort of saying, you know, what do you think about it? She was just like, look, I think you just have to, you know, be like, I mean, essentially all the things that I was just saying, it's like, Mm -hmm. you just got to be nice to people and, you know, whatever. She's like, because I I was like, but what about the nail salon thing? Because that really feels like, it just feels bad. But she's Mm -hmm. like, well, is the alternative either boycotting a business, which is like not great, <laughs> or going to a nail salon where there's only white people? Like yeah, that's not great either. Like, yeah. It's just like yeah. what, you know, what do you do? Yeah, I know. Um, which is valid point. So. I I felt exactly the same. Mm. I feel really uncomfortable in our nail salon for that reason. Because mm. we look around, and it's mainly mm. white women, mm. and then and mainly in ours, they're um, Vietnamese. Mm. And Rosa, who runs the one that I go to, I got chatting to her. Partly just because exactly like you, you just want to treat everyone equally, but also because I was interested to hear her story. And what made me feel better about just the nail salon was she said her family were refugees. Mm. She came to Australia with nothing. She worked really hard. She's so super proud to open this shop. Mm. Um, and she kind of told me her story and then her kids work there now too and it's yeah. enabled her, you know, she's mm. a self-made woman yeah. and it's given her financial independence, something yeah. she wouldn't have otherwise. Mm. And so... It's sort of alleviated a little bit, but then also I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm still conflicted. And I also found, because um, I worked for six months in a um, school in Tanzania where I was like a volunteer there in a school and so one of not very many white people. So it was kind of the reverse where mm. there was mainly um, African Tanzanians and me and my husband and a few other volunteers and so you really stick out and just culturally and yeah it it really struck me how privileged we are living in mm. Australia and what they were living with and the kind of um limitations that were put on the students that I worked with I guess because of their Tanzanian heritage and the state of the country and then also they happen to be black and what that means for their lives mm. and then how they treated white people and how they saw us like we had a little boy who lived next door who um, would often get, um, he was a world vision child. So he would he was the only one in his family and there were 10 kids in the family. Mm. He was the only one to be given rice and a whole lot of extra benefits because of white donors. Mm. So he was seen as special. He got the special clothes. He got the special everything. And the, all the other kids in the family were kind of 
off to the side because mm. he was seen as the hope of that family to improve yeah. their circumstances. Wow. And he came over to our house one day, we lived next door, and just asked me for my guitar and my laptop. Just ballsy, <laughs> just straight yeah. out. I was like, yeah, that's really like good on you, mate. Why not? Give it a go. Be cheeky. But no, it's fine. You can't have it. But then in my head I also thought, mm, yeah, because you've seen white people give you, give stuff, you stuff for free. Mm-hmm. And so it is a really complex issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is on topic exactly, but anyway. No, yeah. it's, I think it's so nuanced. But I guess what I kind of was thinking with it was haven't migrants always kind of done vocational work? Because I kind of see that as a vocational thing because, you know, maybe their university degrees haven't translated so they've had to go back and restudy yeah. or, you know, and, and so I think Italians in the 1950s came and a lot of them were builders or yeah. concreters. And, like, or, you there's know, nothing that kind wrong with it either. Like there's nothing mm. wrong with a mm. career of being a cleaner or a nail mm. technician or whatever. Mm. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I don't know, there's just something about the... The, the white privilege element that mm. seems to be so much more um, front of mind now than it used oh, to absolutely. be. I think I'm more aware of it yeah. now. And there's yeah. this article on SBS and it says um, it's kind of got ten tips you should know about white privilege and it said you should know that you have white privilege does not automatically translate as you are a racist. Mm. And I think differentiating those two, just because you've noticed that doesn't mean that you're being racist yeah. by embracing your nail technician and, you know, having that. But it's about noticing and going, okay, well, is this an imbalanced situation? Is there anything that I need to do to rectify it? Or are they earning a great wage and I'm paying them for Mm. a legitimate job and it just happens that they've also employed their sister or their cousin because they've got this great business that they can do that. And, I mean, that's the thing, you know, once people are in a sort of an workplace or, or, I mean, I guess even if they're not, if they're in Australia, then hopefully, like, their children are going to have mm. the same sort of access to education that my children mm. are going to have. Yeah, and then have you know, choices. And then, and, yeah, and yeah. so it all sort of, because, mm. I mean, yeah, migrant families do often work really hard and it, usually it is for their families, Absolutely. you know, for the kids and for the next generation. Yeah. yeah. It's a really, it is really complex though because inherently being white does come with privilege that we don't even notice. Absolutely. Um, and so I guess the first step is you're right, being mindful of it and if we have opportunities, like I listen to The Guilty Feminist with Deborah mm. Francis White. Oh, I, really I love her so much. Oh, so, so good. good. <laughs> and she talks a lot about how when she first started the podcast, it was mainly privileged white women mm. and it wasn't until it was pointed out to her that she mm. was in a position to celebrate and include a diverse range of people of different sexualities as well and women of colour and since then she has. And mm. so it's just about I think finding space in your own life where you do have a sphere of influence mm. to try and raise up people of yeah. colour and mm. also just treat them respectfully yeah. and equally mm. and, yeah. you know. Good one to lean on. So chat to everyone. Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> be nice, people. Be kind. Be like what nice. Ellen DeGeneres says, be kind. Be kind. Be kind. Okay. So our next one, going a little bit more lowbrow, the Kardashians. <laughs> what uh. a week. There has what been a week. Drama. So for those not caught up, Tristan Thompson, who is Khloe Kardashian's baby daddy and her partner, has allegedly been caught with Jordan Wood. Who is Jordan Wood, do you ask? That is a very good question <laughs> and one that unfortunately I can now answer. <laughs> she is Kylie Jenner's closest friends and I do remember seeing her on lots of the shows. She's been um, – she crops up a lot in every episode 
And according to TMZ and the Daily Mail, so you know it's legit, they were both at a party last week and seen making out. According to US Weekly, Chloe confronted him and he has admitted to cheating apparently again. This is an ongoing thing with Tristan. And Jordan has now moved out of Kylie's mansion Mm -hmm. and apparently Kylie has unfollowed Tristan on Insta but Chloe has unfollowed Jordan on Insta and um, the last thing... And do we need any more proof than that? (laughs) Yeah, correct. (laughs) I mean, that's it. This is the biggest news of the week. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And apparently there's an upcoming, just to, you know, put us, just to put it out there, upcoming season 16 of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, which means that everything's been caught on camera as, you know, a coincidence. Yeah, of course Kris mm. Jenner's done that. <laughs> 100%. I mean, that doesn't surprise me at no. all. So thoughts. Do you care? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do not follow the Kardashians. I do not understand the Kirkwood's love of the Kardashians. I am on the I outer with this. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, I'm not, like, as into it as other people. I'm definitely following this story. But, I mean, <laughs> Chloe. Why? Why are you following this story? Oh, because I, I, there's something about Chloe. I feel like I am the Chloe, you know? But I don't even know what that means, but I, I'll agree with you, yes. Chloe's a bit on the outer, is Okay, just disclaimer. Which is the one that showed side vag at the Oscars after party? That was Kendall. 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 Okay, actually, yeah. it was two. Yes, this is, this is, so Kendall and Kylie are... The Jenners, so okay. it's Kylie Jenners. Okay. Yeah, and then it's Best Kim, friend. Courtney and Chloe are the Kardashians. And right. Chloe's the younger one. She was always like, like the other two are like really little and petite mm. and both have that kind of amazing hourglass figure. She was like really tall, like a bit bigger than the others. And then, But then she got her revenge body after she split up with her last boyfriend. She's got terrible taste in men. And But the thing is as well, like the reason why I'm a bit like mm, about this stuff is that this guy that she's, that Tristan, mm. He was with someone else when she got together with him. Mm. So it's just like... Uh, Leopard doesn't change its spots. Well, I mean, yeah. it's not that I don't have empathy for her because I do, but, you know. I think the best thing that came out of this was in comments by celebs, which is just hilarious, and Gwyneth Paltrow oh, yeah, risen <laughs> in stakes in my mind. She commented and went on someone, you know, replaying all the drama that had gone on and her response was, can someone explain what's going on? I've never heard of half these people. Someone give me context, please. It seems serious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the first time I have really matched my, like, your love of Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, I don't know I love her as much as Dim and Amy do, but I just, she made me giggle with that one. I'm like, I am with you, Gwenny. Yeah. Like, this does seem serious. <laughs> now, Rio, you did want to step back in on this one. I'd love what to. What was your opinion on yeah. it? Team Chloe, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I've ridden this wave, I feel like, with her as well. Mm. Yeah, from Lamar. We all have. We Lamar, all have. We've been there Tristan. with her. Yeah, yeah. She's, she needs a hug. Yeah. Yeah. And Kylie, I think she's trouble, to be fair. You think but Kylie's trouble? Yeah, I do. Ooh, yeah. Okay. But I think this is real because I don't think Chris would stitch Jordan up so much because Jordan seems to be a big part of their family. Mm. And I also love the shade that was thrown when Kylie reduced the Geordie lip kit immediately. I heard that. Uh, that was Did my favourite. Reduced yeah. the price of yep. it. Yep. <laughs> 
don't mess with the Kardashians. <laughs> so is Kylie, close does ranks. Kylie now hate Jordan? Well, they're yeah. still following one another on Instagram. I okay. checked. All right, yeah, yeah. And Jordan <laughs> is apparently doing a little interview with Jada Pinkett Smith on uh, her Facebook show. Oh, the Facebook oh, I've show. heard about that. Who knew that Facebook had a oh, TV show? No, anyway. I've heard about Red that table? one before. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know, but I haven't seen it. So the Kardashian Jenners are all just like, <laughs> she's not an NDA, she can't say anything. And I'm just like, Jordan, say everything. This is your time. Wow. Yep. Wow. Okay, so we're divided. Not really according to anything. Ambivalent. You just don't care. <laughs> We will keep you I'm updated. Still, I'm still going to click on every article I see about it. That's why I'm back on the Daily Mail yeah. app. Just yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> Maybe the Daily Mail orchestrated it. Probably. Yeah. And Christina. Well, let us know on the Instagram and the Facebook group. We forgot to say that earlier. Let us know. Do you care? Do you not care? Was Gwyneth Paltrow the peak of this whole drama? Yes. <laughs> yes, she was. Gwyneth is amazing. Good All right. <laughs> Now, we're going a little bit in a different direction at the moment. We're doing a sharp U-turn into the conviction of Cardinal George Pell. And we just want to let you know that there is a trigger warning for this segment as it contains references to child sex abuse. If this raises issues for you, please reach out to Lifeline or on 13 11 14 or um, any of the Lifelines from your particular country. Uh, so this has been breaking news this week in Australia and... Cardinal George Pell, who is the highest-ranked Australian ever in the Vatican, has been found guilty of sexually abusing two choir boys in the St Patrick's Cathedral in East Melbourne after Sunday Mass in 1996. So this has been huge news. The first jury was unable to reach a verdict on this case and then at a retrial they found him guilty and they had to be either unanimous or a majority of 11 to 1. So um, the majority of the jurors have found him guilty Um, What's interesting about this case is the jury had to consider really practical aspects of this. It seemed very uh, logistics-based on um, whether the choir boys could have broken away from the group unnoticed, whether there was time for it, and it seemed to be about timing, whether he, you know, was around about five minutes and whether that was possible. And um, what has been most probably not the actual allegations have been controversial, but there's been a suppression order as well, which has raised a lot of issues in mm. the Australian media um, because Australians couldn't find out he was guilty until now. He was actually convicted in December last year, but it wasn't published in any of the Australian media until this week, but it was published in international news, including the Washington Post and the New York-based Daily Beast. And this did go viral in Australia on social media, however, mm. so a lot of people found out about it then. Um, This suppression happened because he was awaiting a further trial in April. However, the judge, Peter Kidd, decided this week that there were issues with the evidence in that trial and the charges have since been dropped. Um, So because of that, we've now been able to find out about it and the media have released all of the information that they've been found. So it is a huge story and Cardinal George Pell has been a huge figure in the Australian Catholic Church He's been quite dogmatic and he's got some very hardline views about Catholic teachings and um, he's been in the Vatican for a number of years. So how have you guys reacted to it? It's been massive. Because I grew up Catholic and in a very, very Catholic family. My my dad worked for the church as well. So um, 
for me, it's been a slow unraveling, I guess, of um, the traditions of my family. And I feel like in watching films like Spotlight, mm-hmm. um, which also deals with this similar theme yeah. of priest and sexual yeah. abuse, and then looking at the scope of this globally, not just here in Melbourne and in Australia, but mm. all over the world, you almost get the feeling that there were pedophile rings running through the church mm. in in people who we put so much trust in Mm. and as Catholics it just kind of robs you of the tradition that you grew up in and I'm not a practising Catholic Mm. anymore but I am... It must be devastating. It must be devastating for people who are Catholic and who have such faith and belief Mm. in the structure and the system of the church and their connection to God and then for it to all be unravelled like this. And and I think that's what, I mean, there's so many layers of devastation Mm. with um, the trust that families and parents put in these men Mm. who then completely violated children in the worst and most despicable way and then the ongoing effects of that abuse over Mm. years and years and then the moving around. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many... And the hiding of it, that's the thing that just seems to the priests that they clearly knew about it mm. and just moved priests around. Uh, yeah, so there's a, a pedophile, renowned pedophile priest, um, Gerald Ridesdale, um, who was convicted of abusing many children over decades. And it, and um, he was moved around to different parishes once he became difficult. Mm-hmm. And that that is what makes me... I mean, all of it makes me angry and upset, but that particular yeah, that is just fact hatred. because they know what those priests were doing, yeah. they knew, and then they hid it. And mm. I think what's difficult with Powell is he's such a divisive figure. He was an incredible political operator. Yeah. He was able to get money out of the government when mm. no one was able to. Um, he's a very tall man. He's very intimidating yeah. um, and he's very intelligent mm. and and from a young age had leadership potential, was kind of singled out as someone who would eventually become, as he did, Archbishop mm. of Melbourne. And then at the moment, well, he isn't now, he's been stepped down. He was treasurer of the entire mm. Catholic Church. He in was Rome. in the inner ring of nine and he's now yeah. since been pushed out mm. of that. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so there's layers to this because whatever you think about the court case, the fact remains that Pell was actually in charge of what they called the Melbourne response, um, which was a response that he drafted himself mm. to the the accusations of child sexual abuse within the church. And what drives me crazy about this, it was just so inadequate. Mm. They didn't get the police involved. They said that it was a church matter and that they'd handle it themselves. And what really upsets me too is that then, I don't know if you've seen in the news, there's a couple called Anthony and Christine Foster who have a really sad story Two of their little daughters. Yeah, I have seen them interviewed a couple of times and it just, oh, God, I could start crying now. Yeah, it just breaks your heart exactly. thinking about them. And um, her, two of their daughters were mm. abused and they were for years and years trying to get justice for their mm. girls, both of whom have passed away from different, or, um, one is to say it was became disabled, another was a drug addict and um, so their lives were destroyed. Mm. Um, and Anthony and Christine were the first people, the first couple to go to George Pell to sit down with him to for compensation um, as part of the Melbourne um, response. And it was so inadequate. I saw Christine Foster because unfortunately her husband passed away. Mm. Um, he, he just had a freak accident, fell over and died 
quite oh. recently um, after their years and years of campaigning. Mm. So it's such a sad story. But I saw her interviewed on the 7.30 report and she said George Powell was so cold mm. and so callous mm. and so dismissive and talked over them and only offered them $50,000 mm. along with a warning that if they took it to court, the, ch- the church would strenuously defend itself. Mm. So he had no compassion. Mm. And when you see him interviewed for the Royal Commission that um, happened recently as well, he was so cold. He even said at one point about some of the abuse that was happening while he was in Ballarat, um, that it was a sad story but of no interest to him, you know, so dismissive and calculating and cold. So there's that layer and then there's the, oh, actually, he's now being convicted as a pedophile himself. himself. Yep. Mm. And what's what's sort of horrifying as well is all these people who are coming out in support of him publicly Mm. who are saying, I don't know him but I don't think it happened. It's like... What? Or I met him slightly and I think he's a good guy. It's just yeah. unbelievable. And, I mean, we, you know, we were talking about this earlier. It's like if there's one thing we know, it is how difficult it is to mm. get people who have committed sexual sort of crimes, mm. how difficult it is for those people to be prosecuted. It's like mm. let's, yeah, let's just trust that in this case yeah. that, the, the you know, the judge and jury have got it right. Yeah, and also mm. how difficult, firstly, to come forward mm. and that was a lot of the argument that, oh, well, you know, they would have said it earlier if this was the case. Mm. No, you know, if you had been sexually abused by somebody as high up, by anyone really, but Mm. particularly by somebody as high up as this, as he was and then became, of course you wouldn't think that you'd be believed and you'd think that people were stepping out. And I think the Royal Commission has just been, you know, so important in allowing victims to feel that they have a voice and that somebody will believe them. And I think we'll probably see more and more of this coming out now as more high-profile cases come to light and they get believed Mm. and their convictions happen. Yeah, exactly. Because it's so difficult, often people who have then suffered from sexual abuse then fall into patterns of difficulty with mental health and addiction Mm -hmm. Um, and so their lives kind of spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes even harder. The second boy in the the case Mm -hmm. with George Pell passed away Mm -hmm. um, from heroin overdose. So, you know, it's just such a complex issue and such a sad one for Catholics. Um, I know we shared uh, on our Instagram page a beautiful quote from Glennon Doyle. Yes, I read that today. Yeah, Yeah, it's really beautiful and... And really, I guess in essence, she's saying that if the church isn't representing you, mm. God is not there in the yep. church. You can leave the church and take God with you. Yep. And to me, that is the only way that um, I think as a practicing Catholic, you can move forward from yep. this is to to see the church and the hierarchy as one thing mm. and then the belief systems and the, the values, the Christian values mm. as as entirely separate and it's just, it's devastating. Yeah. Mm. So going forward, Chief Judge Peter Kidd uh, took him into custody today. His bail was revoked and he'll be sentenced in two weeks. So um, his barrister, Robert Richter, was trying to downplay his crimes today to try to uh, get the bail application happening. But they have conceded that jail time is inevitable, but they will be launching an appeal. Mm. Um, So there'll be a lot more on this story and a lot more unravelling from the church. And um, Mm. I'm sure after the appeal, whichever way that goes, um, there'll be a lot more that comes out. Mm. So He's going to jail tomorrow. Yes, yeah. Mm. And that's the whole other part of it, that how will he go, you know, I I think he's... 77 now. He's and quite an older man. Yeah, he's walking with a walking stick and, and also on these charges you hear stories of what happens in prison to 
people that have done child sex abuse. So um, it, it will be very interesting to see how he goes. Mm, it will be. Mm. That was a deep one. <laughs> that was so deep. Oh, I feel like we all need a drink I now. know. Let's no. do... What we all need is a recommendation. Oh, recommendation yay. to pick it up for Let's the end of the session. <laughs> this seems so silly in comparison no, to the I think things. this is, you know, it's it's good to recognise these things yep. as they happen, but it's also good to kind of go, there's a lot of good in the world. Yep. And there is, exactly. The good that I have come across in the world is in the form... <laughs> Of an Instagram page. Uh, and it's called Grombray. I was wondering how you pronounce it. That's what yeah. I assume. It's G-R-O-M-B-R-E because I think it's like ombre, which is like um, yeah. belliage, mm, yeah. but um, grey. Um, and it is an Instagram account with 94,000 followers um, and it's just photos of women with grey hair. <laughs> And I appreciate that does not sound like a big deal, but when those photos pop up in my Instagram feed, just like all these great images of people who are like, I mean, a lot of it is about people really reclaiming, you know, like, oh, I've been covering my greys every two weeks for the past 20 years and I just went, screw it, and, you know, it's been six months and I'm loving it. And, I'm like, it's just really awesome. I've just started to have a few greys poke through now. Just, um, oh, my. Do you know what? Starting teaching, don't ever start teaching if you don't want to go gray. See, also literally my first year teaching. I was like, what is all that happening up there? Uh, I would like to point out seven years teaching and not a single one. Wow. Yeah. To me, I was maybe more stressed. Yeah. Than <laughs> it's all right. My husband went gray at 14, so yeah. He bounced it out. Yeah, bounced it out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, my first gray I found when I was in Ibiza and hadn't slept for a few nights and I went to the toilet and I was like, Oh my god! Like my my body is telling me to go to bed. <laughs> and I then, think that's the thing. Well, I pulled that one Claire. out. And never saw it again. So that was fine. <laughs> Claire's husband is a very distinguished grey, and it's fine. Whereas I kind of look and I go, "Oh, I could not diet, but would it make me look older? Or would it? You know, there's all of this." Things wrapped well, up with it. Well, this is why mm. I love this account because a lot of the people are saying that, that, you know, my identity was really around, yeah. like, hiding this and now I'm just like, nah, it's me and here I am. And a lot of the photos are amazing. Like yeah. some of them are old, some of them are young, some of them are, you know, look like Instagram models, some of them don't. Um, but it's just like a whole bunch of women with grey hair and I just love it. I'm into that. I am so into that. It's really good. I don't know if it I'm gives brave me a enough little yet. You know what? Just follow the page. Give I followed the like. page. I just, I think it's a slow step to me embracing <laughs> at 33. Totally great. I mean, look, I'll probably still be covering my greys, I think. I don't, I'm not ready for it yet, but I'm really happy there are people in the world that are. Yeah. Yes, me too. I think the more we can embrace our differences, I mean, I probably would still colour my hair too, <laughs> but I think the more that you can embrace who you are, and yes. the thing I always say is we are so much more than what we look like. Yes. And true. as women. Is that your mantra? That is my mantra. <laughs> yeah. No, I have another one, but yeah. No, but we just are so much more than what we, what we look like. And everywhere we look in society, women are told, mm. no, 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 no. Yeah. What you look like matters so much more mm. than who you are, what you do, yeah. how 
much you weigh is so much more important than whether but, you have a brain But and don't a focus on the frivolous stuff of makeup and yeah. weighing yourself. Don't talk about it. Exactly. But care a lot about it. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Just exactly. do it okay. really discreetly, yeah. thanks. Because if you talk about it, you're a bimbo. Yeah. Like if you talk about how much you love makeup, oh, well, she's a ditz. Yeah. But then you've got to look perfect all the time. Correct. So just know how to do it. Exactly. Secretly. Ex- yeah. And I am terrible at it. I'm terrible. I, I got filmed recently for something and I looked back at the footage and he wants me to share it on his Instagram, on my Instagram. I look terrible. <laughs> I look like a white nose and like brown cheeks so I can't do my bronzer <laughs> and I wore the wrong colour. It's kind of beige. I'm like, what am I doing? And so that was the first thing I noticed. It wasn't like, yeah. I sounded all right on that. It was I like, sounded I, intelligent. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to share that because I look terrible. And then I was thinking, but you're so much more than what you look like. Claire. But am I? I'm not sure anymore. It's very complex. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Case in point. Give it I a follow and grow Yes. Yes. And Correct. then we can all together. I think the hardest part would be the grow out section. Well, they, you know what, a lot of, there's a lot, of, discuss, there's a lot yeah. of discussion about that. The grow out's so, hard. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are just like, the first six months is hell. It's like, yeah. wow, that's a long that, time. That's <laughs> a long time. That is a long time. You know what? I do have to say, my mum does not dye her hair, and, but yeah. she's just got one silver string. Oh, I yeah, love a silver string. And it's so classy. She, she's so smug. She often goes into the hair and she says, Claire, people ask to have my hair colour. And I say, it's natural. And I'm like, yeah, mum, but most people don't go grey with like a streak in yeah. their little fringe. That, and that's the other thing. You can either be great grey or just kind of a bit not so great grey. Mm. So you don't know what you've got until you go grey. Like, yeah. I guess you could die it again if you really wanted to. But yeah. six months it's is a long months, yeah. time yeah. to find yeah. Six months. <laughs> okay, so give it a follow, even if you're not going to go grey. <laughs> So, Claire, to wrap up and leave us on a hopefully high note, what is your mantra for this week? So, it is, do not be daunted by the enormity, it's so depressing, (laughs) of the world's grief. Do justly now, love mercy now, walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. That's the Talmud. So it's from a sacred Jewish text and it's Glennon Doyle shared it because, (laughs) of course, because Glennon Doyle's my favourite person. But it just gave me comfort because sometimes I feel like I get just like weighted down by all the world's problems and where can I even start and it's really hard. And so sometimes just that idea that, you know, you just do what you can in your sphere that you can. Yes. And, you know. Because that's all you can do. I know there was a climate change thing on the TV last oh, night I and I actually I had to change the channel. I, I said to my husband, I'm like, I can't watch this. I just give <laughs> me married at first sight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're breastfeeding. Yes. You know, that's intense. Yeah. I've been watching too much dark stuff. <laughs> I was anywhere you're going with that. I don't, like, I don't know why so I climate that change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping it or hindering it. No, I just thought okay, so because I this is such a side track, but I have difficulty with breastfeeding and one of the things my maternal health nurse told me was you yeah, need to relax. Yeah, you do. And stop watching so yeah. many terrible things. Not not you do, but like when you're breastfeeding, you yeah. need to relax. <laughs> you need to watch more maths and what and look at Grand Bray. Yeah. yeah. See when I was chill. breastfeeding, I reckon I probably spent like six hours a day on the Daily Mail website. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's so what I, I, don't relax. Relax. I don't have any problems. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still like taking <laughs> Probably watch a few more tacos on climate change and really sort that out. 
I seriously think we could write a book about this. I'm no joke. That's like a light bulb moment for me. What was I thinking? <laughs> All right. So that has been the Millennial Divide. If you have enjoyed, please subscribe to us on iTunes or listen to us for free on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram. We've been getting some great comments by people on the different um, topics that we've been speaking about. We're going to put photos up of each photos. You can tell how old you are. <laughs> Images. <laughs> We're going to slide into your DMs. We won't. <laughs> you can slide into ours. That's if you want to, like, date them, isn't it? Oh, it's no? like how many people say Netflix and chill. Yeah. It's like that actually means sex. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. don't say <laughs> uh, To me, I'm like, Netflix and chill sounds awesome, but actually Netflix and chill. <laughs> so we're going to put images <laughs> up on our Instagram so you can comment on it and please join us in the conversation whether you agree or disagree or have new ideas of your own. It's been great listening to all of them and also on our Facebook group. So please get back to us because we do love to hear from you. And that's us for this week. Goodbye to Dimity. She is got about an hour and a half till she's on her flight overseas Yay. and she's going away for a while but she will be back we're going to do technologically advanced mm-hmm. stuff and talk to her over the airways so we're very excited <laughs> so thank you for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.